0: Well, hello, hello, you fabulous interior design professional. Welcome to Business of Design podcast, episode 207. And that's when I'm in a way, if COVID doesn't end pretty soon. Is anybody else feeling that way? Like, I am so tired of chopping vegetables. I just want to walk into a restaurant and sit at a table, and I want to be surrounded by other people sitting at tables, and I want to order food, and I want someone to bring it to me, and I want to like laugh, and I want to hear different music. Oh my gosh, I can't even wait. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm feeling impatient. I'm sure you all are as well, but I am observing all the protocols suggested by the great state of California, and it will end we will get through it. And in the meantime, we can be distracted with a great episode. Thank you to Christine Julian, who is from DeSoto, Kansas, and she has been so candid in sharing what has really been a year of explosive growth for her in a variety of ways, and in part thanks to COVID. The pandemic forced her to narrow her focus, and that encouraged her to be more selective about clients. She raised her rates And she set a minimum buy at $50,000 to help clients who were looking at her website self-select. In other words, to determine whether or not she was the right designer for her. And despite her young age, she says she's risen to the top of the competition and people are singling her out and seeking her out for her expertise. She raised the bar in so many ways. And I'm not going to tell you how that all worked out because Christine will do a much better job of that. But I will tell you, she's an inspiration and it was just a joy and a pleasure to speak with her. I am reminded after the conversation that I don't have to have an absence of fear in order to do the next thing, the next hard thing in my business. If I've gotten a recommendation or a suggestion from someone I trust, a resource who has been there and done that and come out the other side and is successful, then sometimes I have to do it even while I'm fearful. I have to take that leap of faith. I have to raise the bar. I appreciate that reminder and I appreciate that you're all here. Let me tell you about CJI Design Group, which is Christine's company. They are a savvy, innovative design team with Christine at the helm. Christine says she's passionate about two things, families and wellness. Christine has made it her personal mission to spark joy in the lives of every client she works with. As a mother of three children under the age of seven... Wow. In fact, she has a set of boy-girl twins, so she is busy, right? But that energy helps her apply her passion and personal experience to projects. Wow. And hats off to every single mom who's at home with young children under feet while you're trying to work. And every single dad, right? There is a light at the end of the tunnel, We will be seated in restaurants again. We will be hanging out in the sunshine at our next Business of Design retreat. Hang in there. And speaking of moms who work from home with young children who are also working from home these days, let's check in with Cheryl Horn. Cheryl, I'm afraid to ask how things are.
1: Well, it has certainly been a long and interesting January with the kids home, but you know what? So many parents are doing it. So many parents have been doing it since September, so I I really can't complain. The kids have been great, but I know that they are eager to get back to school and and be with their friends. But you know what? We all want to get together with our friends too, and at least uh, we've got something to look forward to this week because on Wednesday, February 10th, we've got BOD Live Palm Springs. So if you're dying to get out there and travel, this will be just, you know, a little taste of that. Um, But on Wednesday, we have Celebrity Designer and... BOD member, Christopher Kennedy, joining you in Palm Springs. So we've seen glimpses of Palm Springs in the background. You've been staying there for a little while, but um, now we'll actually get to take a, a better look and feel like we're there with you. So maybe you can tell um, everyone a little bit more what they can expect to, to see on Wednesday.
0: Well, for one thing, sunshine. We have so much of that in Palm Springs, which is amazing. But we also have Christopher Kennedy, who is lighting things up for us as well, Christopher is a Business of Design member, and you may remember him if you were at the Business of Design conference in January of 2020. He talked about how he leveled up using the techniques he's learned at Business of Design. And this is going to be lots of fun. We're going to see some Palm Springs images and perhaps a sneak peek of one of Christopher's homes if we can make that happen safely during these COVID days. Uh, But most importantly, we'll be talking business, which is what you all come to us for. It'll be a great conversation and something fun to look forward to in your week. Hope to see you there for sure.
1: Well, I know I'm looking forward to it. So if you want to join us in Palm Springs and hang out with Kimberly and Christopher Kennedy, if you're already a member, join us on February 10th at 1 p.m. EST. Check out your member dashboard, and there's going to be a button right there so you can join us live. No need to register. You're all invited. And if you're not yet a member but you really want to get in on this event, there is still time. All you need to do is become a member because our monthly BOD live meetings are part of your membership. So you can head to the website to join us and we look forward to seeing everyone on Wednesday. Thanks, Cheryl. See you Wednesday. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selvin. and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too.
0: Good morning, Christine. How are you? I'm good, Kimberly. How are you? I'm terrific. It's early here. You're in Kansas. Tell me, first of all, how's life in Kansas? What's happening vis-a-vis COVID and just life? Yeah,
3: no, I mean, I'm sure what the rest of the world is going through, but being in Kansas, we're a little more spread out, so we don't have the same issues, I feel like, as the cities do, which is kind of lucky, so we're doing
0: okay. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. And that puts you in a really good headspace to focus on your business a little bit right now. And but in particular, we want to talk about that relationship with clients. I mean, we just, we can't avoid it, right? You can't do this job and not want to deal with people. And a subcategory of the people we deal with are clients. So tell me what's happening with you and clients at the moment and uh, what you're working on these days.
3: Yeah, so when things sort of thinned out a little bit last year, I really spent a lot of time just touching base with my current clients, making sure everybody was doing okay, seeing if they needed anything. And that's when the calls started coming in for, you know, just taking care of deficiencies, you know, maybe it's a year or two later and checking back with them. And yeah, we'll we'll get that blind fixed and staying on top of all of that really helped keep me you know, top of mind for them. And then I started getting repeats and referrals and the end of last year was incredible. It was really busy. Um, And so I've really put a new emphasis on just staying in touch with my clients.
0: It's funny because that is really, that was my experience as well. I just initially made those calls to say, are you okay? Do you need anything? I'm just, you know, one human being to another and then deficiencies. That, that's exactly what happened and in fact I'm still almost a year later I'm still managing some of the deficiencies because nothing's happening in a linear fashion these days but right. just the fact that I was willing to say oh let me let's get rid of those things let's get those things off our list this year made clients in uh, you know, oh yeah Kimberly let's give her another job then let's get let's keep her busy let's keep her team employed so it turned out to be a really lovely thing and we ended up being quite busy by the end of 2020.
3: Yes, us too. We were so busy. And so it was really exciting that despite everything going on, we really didn't have to worry. We were just taking care of people.
0: Is there a moment when you see that you're so busy and things are humming along that you begin to think about maybe narrowing your focus a little bit and really limiting your work efforts to those clients who most align with your value system?
3: Absolutely. I
0: put a really strong emphasis on health and sustainability last year. And I
3: really tried to change my messaging and my marketing to that. Um, and that really started to show up in the new clients I was getting in the referrals. And even in um, my vetting process, I started asking people questions about that, seeing what was important to them and how big their project was. Because even though the pandemic was going on, we started narrowing our focus on only taking specific jobs so that helped us limit how often we were in clients homes where we were going what we could control from our own homes in our office um, so that actually became a big benefit and it didn't really we were worried I guess that we would be missing opportunities by not taking everything because we just didn't know what was going to be happening but actually that kept us busier and gave us bigger projects
0: which I think made our year end up really well. When you are referring to we, do you have a team who works with you and how big are they and what is their role I do. So
3: at the beginning of last year, I had more people. um, And we were about five of us. And then I lost a few right away when everything happened. Um, But I still was able to maintain several. And then the ones that I lost were able to either help freelance as it worked with their kids at home or things they just couldn't work full time or they moved. I had one that moved to California. Um, So lucky her. (laughs) But no, it was actually it was One of those things where when it's more than just you, you have to think about all these other people and what they're doing and how to keep them busy and what they need. Because most of my team are moms and we all had kids at home all of a sudden. And so we were trying to just figure out how do we move forward in a linear fashion when we're not sure (laughs) our schedules day to day.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so, it's so tricky. And and I found when I found myself in a similar situation to that in 2009, that I was able within a few months to see we could actually do more with fewer people. We could actually make a faster progress without such a big team, which really surprised me. I didn't realize how many redundancies we had in the company and how much crossover with people dabbling in projects, you know, two hands doing the same set of drawings always creates confusion. So once the team got a little smaller, one person was responsible for those drawings. Where are the drawings? It's your responsibility. We had the same exact
3: experience because so much of it was just redoing and checking and reviewing, and, and then a lot of confusion with that overlap. And so we actually got much more efficient and improved our, our entire process, even with the clients, because they had fewer people trying to weigh in on their project. So it was much more focused for them, and they really liked that.
0: I meet so many designers, and you know so many designers who think, I want to grow. I want my company to be bigger. And this is just kind of something to keep in mind as you're doing that. Like, it's you really, I think what you really want is you want the exact right size team to manage the exact right number of clients. But how do you figure out that exact right number of clients? One of the ways is by eliminating the ones that you don't think are a fit. So, can you tell us what the criteria was that you used to eliminate clients? Which ones you said no to? Yeah. So
3: the first thing I do before I even go to the consultation is I send them this client questionnaire and that gives me a ton of information I can use. I can know if they've ever worked with a designer, how much they spent, what their expectations were, what they like and what they're into. And so it kind of helps me know a lot about their personality before I even go out there.
0: And I'm going to interject right there and say, if you're a member, a business of design member, we're going to pick that um, intake summary apart in a members only podcast. That sounds really negative. We're not going to pick it apart. We're going to talk about <laughs> we're going to talk about that intake uh that client intake form that you use cuz I had a chance to go on your website and check it out. So I just want to have a conversation about that. If you're a member, go to the members only podcast and look for Christine Julian there. Go ahead. Continue on. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so then once I'm at that consult, and I can really narrow down that focus, you know, one of the things that we put into play is that we require your project to have a $50,000 minimum. And we actually raised that nearly double from the beginning of last year. And that was really so that we have a project we could work on for months at a time, instead of having, you know, all these little ones that just take you know, a couple of weeks or their small jobs, we really couldn't perform as well for them or be as present for our clients who are undergoing big renovations where we need to be on call or available should we run into things, um, which definitely happens. And so that's actually been kind of an amazing change as just limiting the scale of the projects we take and keeping everyone on the same process that so we always know where we're at.
0: I think I'm really happy that you brought that up because I've always thought we don't have a minimum project, but my hourly fees are, are um, sufficient enough, are robust enough that clients self-select. They remove themselves from calling me if the job is small. But what you're saying is by setting that $50,000 bar, and maybe now it needs to be 75000 clients are actually wanting to rise up and meet that bar with you. And it just says like yeah. this is where we start. This is not a big job for us, but this is where we start.
3: Exactly. Even if it's a kitchen or one room, it really just gives that baseline for what they can expect going in.
0: And is fifty thousand dollars inclusive of design fees? So it doesn't matter, but one way or the other, you're going to spend fifty thousand with us. Exactly. Yep. And what did you find? Did you get any negative feedback from clients who said, what? That's ridiculous. Or did you hear any clients say, you know, we didn't think we were going to spend that much, but then we realized, yeah, it probably will be that much.
3: Yeah, no, that's exactly what happened because I think the people that would say that's ridiculous just aren't going to call me, which is kind of, I guess, the point of this vetting process. Um, But the ones that really do want to work with me, even if they think they may not spend that much, I've had clients say, I really, really want to work with you. I've followed you for a while. I don't know that we're going to spend that much on this first wave, but maybe next year and this year we'll spend that. So can we at least talk? And it turns out they did end up spending that much because we know just from renovating anything, you're going to spend it least that. Um, And, and they're super thrilled and they love working with us and they're so excited about their project. So sometimes clients just, they don't know what things cost and they need to be educated because they don't do it all the time or they haven't done it in 10, 20 years. So it's a learning curve for them.
0: I especially appreciate that you're from Kansas. What city in Kansas are you in?
3: I'm actually really close to Lawrence. I'm based out of DeSoto, which is a small town outside of Lawrence in Kansas City. And can I ask you what your hourly rate is? Yeah, it's one ninety an hour for me.
0: Okay, so for anybody listening who uses the excuse, I live in a small town, I don't live in New York City or Los Angeles or London, England or you know Sydney, Australia, so I can't charge X number of dollars, whatever, fill in the blank, whatever that is. Um, you're listening to Christine Julian <laughs> live from DeSoto. And she says she's $190 an hour. Of course, now she's going up to $225, which is really cool. We're very excited about that, Christine. Um, she's not aware of that, by the way. She's, I'm just throwing <laughs> that at her now because the minute you're super busy at 190 then raising your rates is another, that's the next smart thing to do. But don't yeah. allow living in a small town or a, you know a smaller city to be the reason you don't charge what you need to charge to get the right clients because the right clients live everywhere, don't they? They do, and you tell me that, Kimberly.
3: I you know a year ago I was ninety five an hour, and so within one, just listening to your podcast and doing your programs, I was like, wow, I really need to be a lot higher, and I doubled my fees, and I hit the ground running. I didn't have any lags previous clients kept working with me. I had no real issues. And the people that said no were not the clients that I wanted to grow my business with necessarily. So it definitely works and it's been an incredible experience.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. That's incredible. Okay. So now these new clients, they've met this bar of $50,000 as being the entry level. What do you think their expectation is when they start with you and how have those projects been going so far?
3: Yeah, so what I always tell them at that first consultation, like you say, Kimberly, is I can't tell them what their entire project budget has to be at that first consultation. I have to learn what they need find it, design it, price it out for them, and show them what that true cost is at the presentation. And then I leave it up to them how much they want to spend. I always try to tell them, I don't want to make assumptions about what compromises you need to make or what you can and cannot afford. I want to just show you what you want, how much it costs, and then you let me know where you want to be, and we can phase it out if we need to. Um, But it, it allows them to take the time to learn what things do cost right now and what it would take to do everything that they want to do.
0: Well, a a client who would approach you with less than $50,000 is a pretty confident client. It's a client that knows what they want, seems like they value design. So I can't see a downside to setting a bar somewhere that gets you better clients. I, I don't see a negative side to that.
3: Absolutely. And like you said, that hourly fee helps really set the bar anyways to what they're going to spend. So if they're going to spend 10,000 in design fees, you know, their overall budget has got to be at least double that with product and everything. So it really does increase the value of that relationship.
0: You're, I mean, I, you guys can't, don't have the privilege of seeing Christine, but she's lovely. And I would describe you as being quite young. So how how do you find, um, how if you develop such confidence, I guess, at such a young age?
3: You know, one thing I've learned to do with clients is to explain my reasoning and my choices for everything and just take the time to really listen and address their concerns. Um, And I've been able to get some really big projects and do some really amazing things despite being very young and having to prove myself, so to speak. Um, But I think As I talk, explain my reasoning, that really builds confidence and trust. And they know that I know what I'm talking about and that I can do this for them well. And they've seen my work probably on my website. But even before I had a lot of work to show, I was getting some decent jobs. And that really just came from taking the time to get to know people and explaining myself. And then they were super excited to work with me.
0: You know, I'm positive at your age, if a client had said, for example, let's say I'm doing a presentation and I say, you know, this is the coffee table I think you should have. Had a client turned to me and said, really? That coffee table? I would have just inside, I would have just turned to mush. Just, you know, (laughs) I'm done. I give up. I quit. I'm no good at this. Obviously she's seen through me. She can tell I don't know anything. Right. And it took me, it was really hard for me to get to a place where I think you already are, where I would say, yeah, really, that is the coffee table you should have 100%. Stop talking. (laughs) So did you ever, were you ever that person, that person who just froze like a deer in the headlight when somebody just had the even mildly question your choice? (laughs)
3: Oh yeah. Um, I think more than anything, I would take things really personal and just be like, what did I do wrong? What did I miss? You know, like start to question everything. And what I've learned is that there's not a right or wrong answer necessarily with design. It's a creative job too. And so when it comes to picking the exact pieces, Really, I have to tell the clients, well, don't just focus on this one individual piece. Think of the whole room and that's what I'm doing for you. And so I feel like it balances because it's bringing in the design of the kitchen island or the stone that we used over here, the colors, and it works for you because of this reason. And a lot of times that causes people to go, oh, wow, yeah, I think you're right. And sometimes they just have to sit on it for a while. But when you can show them how you thought about how everything comes together, that's what they hired you for. And so they're more apt to listen to you. Um, Or you can figure out what it is they really dislike about it. Sometimes they just hate it. And you're like, oh, wow, okay, explain to me why. And then make a few small minor adjustments or revisions to pieces. But it's never like you're having to redesign the entire group of selections.
0: It's such a good point. I think clients are, first of all, they want you to be confident because they're not or they wouldn't hire you, right? So they need you to say, that's the right right way to go. And here's why I think that's the right way to go. Um, so just... Buckle down, defend your decision, defend your choice, and then don't take it personally. If they really hate it, they hate it, right? Like, oh my mom had a table like like that and every time I was punished I had to go sit next to that table. I want I don't want that table in my life. Okay, got it. No problem.
3: Yeah, and those are the things you'll never know until they they come out and look at that. So you just got to roll with it and say, okay, yeah, this doesn't work. We'll find something else.
0: Yeah, and I'm in a I'm in a cop to this too. There are times when a client says, "Really?" and I'm like, "Yeah, honestly, I don't know. I just really couldn't think of anything. Like that's the best I got." But I'm still to the client going to say, "Yes, <laughs> yes, that's what we should do." Right, right. I guess it's okay that you don't have 100% of confidence at every single moment on every single project.
3: Yeah. And just learning to work with your clients. I mean, sometimes clients want you to do it all and, and feel really confident, but sometimes they enjoy the process and they just want to ask you questions and have conversation. And if you're willing to have those conversations, I think it shows that you're, you're willing to listen to their needs and their wants.
0: Right. Yeah. That makes sense to me for sure. What's ahead for CJI Design Group?
3: You know, we are really focusing on improving our systems, building our team. Um, I've got dreams of one day really curating all the product brands that I love and stand behind that are really sustainable and having, you know, maybe my own design co-op with people that love that message as well, or uh, building out kind of a showroom to bring people to that show them all this product and where to get it.
0: I think that's an important niche going forward. And I think there's going to be a lot of clients who will be attracted just to that. So who knows, down the road, maybe that'll become, you know, much more of the forefront of what um, CJI Design Group is going to be all about. Yeah. I guess the lesson for all of us then is to be intentional about our, you know, our purpose, you know, in life, our purpose in business, and to develop those avenues that we take our business down that we feel strongly about, like sustainable design. Um, are you intentional? Do you do? You, are you aware of how intentional you are on a daily basis with clients, with staff, with trades? and Can you talk a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, that is essentially my whole design philosophy. To me, that's what I've learned separates me from other designers and how I want to train my employees and the designers that work is to really learn to listen to the clients at the beginning and do all that discovery really well because at the end of the day when you're designing residential it's their home it really needs to be something meaningful to them and if I just go through the motions and kind of just do things because they look cool or I'm excited about a product It doesn't connect to them on a personal level. And so I find that if I can really listen and deliver on everything that they're really wanting and exceed their expectations, they're going to not only love their space for years and years, they're going to be so ecstatic and share that with all of their friends and keep coming back to us. So it's really just the heart of everything we do is, is focus on that client relationship and getting to know them.
0: I love that that has made you so successful and really so quickly. It's fantastic. You know, we like to end every episode with design intervention. What comes to mind?
3: Yeah, for me, I think it's really just learning to listen to your customer and accepting that sometimes you don't have all the answers. And when you don't, it's okay to go and find help, whether it's other people and industries that you can rely on and get that information, or just having real conversations with your clients.
0: I think people feel comforted by the fact you're willing to say, I'm going to ask someone who has more experience about this, right? I know I was at my GP once many, many years ago, and I had something going on. And she said, you know what? I think I'm going to get an ENT, an ear, nose, and throat person uh, to set up an appointment with you. And I thought, oh, that's amazing. That's the limit of her knowledge. She's got this general knowledge, and now she's going to send me to the specialist. So it's amazing that I had her because she's the person who knows who else I need to meet. And clients hire you, and they don't think you know how to do the electrical. They don't think you're going to get in there, Christine, and do the plumbing, right? But they're like relying on you to know who to call for those things. That's
3: right. And I think it's important that you're willing to say, I don't know all the answers, but I do know who to call and find those people because that makes you a really valuable resource.
0: Yeah. It's it's important to say, I don't know how to do that, right? Nobody wants you to try to do something you're not qualified to do. So yeah, I see, right. the, I see nothing but big things ahead for you and for CJI. And uh, let us know when you decide to go over that $200 an hour mark.
3: You got it, Kimberly. Thank you so much. Thank you. Nice to see you.
2: Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today.